This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So here in a few minutes, let me jump gears here, switch gears. Uh, Larry Udelson, uh, he's a New York, New Jersey writer and a journalist, right, Jake? Yeah, that's it. And uh, so we discovered here, come on in the studio if you would. This is this is one of those great uh, hold my beard type moments. And I got to thank the listener. I got to go back and find his uh, text number and text him a thank you as well. We were talking about the guy who landed his plane out by Grain Valley the other day. And I thought, that's a pretty good story, especially depending if depending on how much trouble he gets in. Yeah. He didn't kill himself. He didn't hurt anybody else. But now he's in a little bit of a questionable DUI situation because they're saying that they believe he was intoxicated. But he right? wouldn't take the breathalyzer. But that's pretty good if you can still... Look, again, I know a guy, and this is true, who went through a roundabout. All right? That's drunk. That's, that that's, is a feat to see, by the way. This dude was hammered allegedly, and he landed a plane at Grand Valley and didn't crash, hurt the plane, hurt himself, or hurt anybody else. That's a pretty good story. Now, you're mm-hmm. in trouble, but yeah, once that's all, when it blows over, that's a, hey, you want to hear a story? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you brought it in, stuck it, and then hugged a trucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you think that's an amazing story, and somebody goes, hey, you do you know about Thomas Fitzpatrick? You're welcome, LOL, and sent me this. So I Googled Thomas uh-huh. Fitzpatrick and airplane, Turns out it's the greatest goddamn hold my beer story of all time. And uh, we're going to talk about it. But he's a, he was an old school for 51 years. He was in the union for a, he was either a steam fitter. I've seen steam fitter and pipe fitter. But either way, working class, blue collar guy, in New York, New Jersey. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, if you spend any time in those neighborhoods, those, those neighborhoods always had taverns. Always. That's just an East Coast thing. Every... Every neighborhood has its own place. Yeah, and everybody had yeah, their. Yeah, there's a neighborhood bar. bar. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that, when you get to the suburbs like Jersey or you know and, and you know further out of the island, I uh, and so he's hanging out and apparently he uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk all about who this guy was. He's actually he passed sadly ten years ago. He died. Yeah. I wish I'd have seen this ten years ago. So I, I just could have slipped in and had a talk with him. Yeah, so oh, we could have brought him here and had him in studio. Oh, my God. So I could raise money for a statue. <laughs> Sit on his lap and let him tell me stories from the olden days. Because <laughs> right? that's a guy's guy, yes. right? I'm Because you, know, you know the dude's drinking Boilermakers, getting mm. hammered, and he gets into a, some kind of a verbal altercation with another guy. And uh, the bet starts, and he does that bar thing. Like, there's that old thing you'll do like if a guy knows a certain trick or a certain thing he'd be like i bet i can do this i can touch my foot and then touch the ceiling you mm-hmm. know what i mean i knew a guy that's what ricky pegleg used to do yeah ricky pegleg had was uh, missing a leg from the uh, uh knee down uh-huh. mm-hmm. so he had a prosthetic and he'd bet a dude uh he goes i'm telling you i could put my right foot on the floor my left foot on the ceiling <laughs> 
And of course, Genius. the guy's like, all right, let's see it. And he'd pick it off and go, shrink. <laughs> or like and the it, deadlift, the midget, like yeah, you told me about. Yeah, and you go, now pay up, sucker. <laughs> That's well, amazing. He told the guy, I can make it from Jersey to the island to Manhattan, I believe it was Manhattan, uh, in 15 minutes. And he's like, no, you can't. Nobody could do that. And he's like, okay. And literally, <laughs> he t- goes over to the Tittleboro Airport. And we're going to get all the details when we talk to this guy. He steals an airplane, which is no small feat in itself. Takes off, no lights, no radio, talks to no one. So now, but you know right? the radio sees you, or the, or the, the radar in yeah. New York sees you. Even, you know, this is back in 58. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, they were being covered with radar, you know, that airport. And it's, you know, it's a big city. And he takes off in the dark, leaves all, zoop, within 15 minutes, but he lands it on the New York City street at nighttime, between those buildings. And if you've ever been in New York, they're not, I mean, there's a couple wide streets, but they're not wide. Even though, even the widest streets I've seen in New York would not, nobody would feel comfortable landing an airplane. No. They wouldn't let you do it as a stunt pilot. Like if you were shooting a movie, they go, no, absolutely not. Mm-mm. This dude did it on a regular New York City street. <laughs> not only does he land it there, but he's right in front of the bar yes. where the hell happens. He, that's, that, that is one of the most amazing things to me yeah like at night no lights and you knew where the bu- you could tell you had i mean those are some big buildings there you have to fly high you can't fly low you have to fly high and then come in super hard and land and you got to know where the bar is <laughs> they, had to, they had to take the wings off the plane to get it out of there which is take, insanity they had to unbolt the wings and put it on a truck and take it back to the <laughs> airport <laughs> where and he hadn't he, he, no damage and the guy who owned the airplane was like, I'm not even pressing charges. That was amazing. Like, and by the way, that's the way people used to be. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you'd be pissed off because he stole your plane, but you'd also, as a man, begrudgingly go, hold on. You flew my plane from here and landed it in front of a bar, and there's not a scratch on it? Yeah. I had pressing charges. Yeah. <laughs> there was a time when you'd wink at each other and go, God damn. Yeah. 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 Billy, you do it again, I'll beat your ass. <laughs> By the way, uh, we're going to get the rest of the story, but he did it again. All right. So and, and, grab Larry if you would. And I do want to hear the backstory that he had just a cat's ass hair amount of knowledge. Yeah, he did. He was in the military. No, he actually did. No, he knew how to fly a plane. Right, so it turns enough. out. Yeah, yeah. So he wasn't a proficient flyer. He was a pipe fitter. You know, he didn't have an airplane. Mm. He just, this was old memory yeah. from, from, you know, being 18 years old and joining <laughs> the military, you know. Back, you know, just, I mean, just would have been... You have faith in yourself. I could do it. Well, that's back when people did that stuff. Uh-huh. By the way, I'm not recommending this. I'm just telling you, there was a different can-do... God damn. Hold on a second. I got this. Mm-hmm. And then they'd do it. And that's how, that's how Evil Knievel was born. That's yeah. how Thomas Fitzgerald goes into... And, and he's going to be lost to history. And again, it's a terrible idea. I understand this by today's responsible standards. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. If you have a lick of, of, of manhood on you, like you have any bit of adventure in you and, and a love of the absurd and the, and the, the, the long odd guy, this, the underdog, this dude you, is your patron saint. You called it. This is screaming to be on Prime or Netflix. Oh, yes, yes. Our next guest is a New Jersey-based author and editor who is here today to tell us the tale of Thomas Fitzpatrick and the drunken barroom bed that led to him stealing an airplane from a Jersey airport and landing it on a New York City street, not once, but twice. Please welcome, Larry Udelson. I wish I could find even more people that knew this guy. Uh, let, me, let me get Larry on. Hold on. Hey, Larry, welcome to the show. 
Hi. Hey. Thank you. Hey, so we had an incident here in Kansas City about uh, three weeks ago. A guy uh, landed an airplane on the highway. It was big news, as you would you'd guess. And he ran out of gas. He, he had to land it dead stick. And uh, when the cops got there, he, he acted a little weird. So they alleged that he may have been hammered. Uh, he wouldn't take the breathalyzer. So now that's where that story lies. We start talking about this. The fact that you could fly a smaller plane, land it on the high, especially if you were hammered, is pretty impressive. We get a text. Very much so. We get a text that says, do you know about Thomas Fitzgerald? You're welcome, LOL. So I start diving into this story. And I, he might be the Why There should be a statue of this mother effer somewhere. Totally. What what a story! Let's let's so let's start from there. He's sitting in a bar. Where where's the, the first time he's sitting in a bar in, in New York? Is it New York City? So he's in New York City. It's in Washington Heights, one hundred ninety first Street. So it's way up there. Okay, but it it's still city. It's you know four story building, apartment building on all sides. What what uh, on, what borough is know, that? It's in Manhattan. Okay, it's so it's, it's, it's Upper Manhattan. Okay, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess it would be. Yeah. Okay, so one hundred ninety first Street. And by the way, is there a bar there anymore? I don't know that exact point, but there are bars on St. Nicholas near 191st Street. Might maybe 189th Street could be the same bar. I, well, either way, I'm side note. Next time I'm in the city, I'm, I'm going drinking there. Now, that being said, he's sitting there drinking. He's a he's a, a working class guy, right? He's blue collar. He's a, he's either a steam fitter or a pipe fitter. So he's 26 years old at this point, right. but. You know, when he was 15 years old, he lied about his age and enlisted in the Marines. Okay. You know, so you don't want to bet against a guy like this. So he, he went to the Marines, and then he ended up in the Army in Japan and became the first guy from New York City to get wounded in the Korean War. God, so, was, he, was he even 18 when he got wounded? He was, yeah, he was, he was like in his 20s okay. because, you know, he enlisted in the 40s and he got wounded in the, in the 50s. Okay. So. Yeah, he was an adult by then. Yeah, yeah. But, but by the way, isn't that crazy? Just side note that there are so many stories that start with he lied about his age, and our military is like, because you know they weren't fooled. They're like, okay, you look like you can do it. All right, get in yeah. here. Right. So he gets he gets wounded, and that was kind of his, a, a bit of fame for him, though, because he was the first new uh, was it American or New York City native? First, first New York City. Okay, native to get wounded in the war, and he came home. And now he's drinking in this bar, and bet that he can make it from New Jersey to New York back to the bar in 15 minutes. And people say, you can't do that in 15 minutes. Yeah, because you can't. And, and he says, yes, I can. And it's, you know, so he gets in his car, he drives back to New Jersey, and he goes to Teterboro Airport, which is this little tiny airport, you know, and it's like, you know, five miles from the George Washington Bridge, maybe 10 miles from the bar. And Basically, nowadays, its only fame is that um, Jeffrey Epstein was arrested from his private plane at Teterboro Airport a couple years back. So he goes to Teterboro Airport, and there's a flying school, and there's a single airplane, you know, there's a single-engine plane, and he steals it. And he flies it without lights, without radio, and lands in front of the bar at 3 o'clock in the morning. Absolutely crazy. It, but it, he landed it at 190. The first one was at 191st, right? Yeah. And and so here's the crazy part for people who don't fly or know about New York. Those are tall buildings. Those are all like the average story, even back in the 50s, had to be 
10 to 20, right? No, no, not at 190. No. 191st Street, they're all four, five, six-story buildings. Okay, so still, it's, a, it's you know, they're tall. He manages to, to somehow navigate in the dark with no, no, not, no modern technology. You've left the Teterboro. You've flown back over the river and over the bridge, and now you're in the, over the top of Manhattan, and you've got to figure out, like, how, how do you even know where, where the power lines are? How do you know? I mean, those are not super wide streets there. I mean, he, he must have been counting the streets to, to land in front of it, you know? I mean, you figure the, he knows the bridge is 180th Street or something, and then he counts streets going up, but it's amazing. It's really amazing. Yeah, because the whole time you're doing it, I suppose you could circle once, but then you got to come in for a goddamn landing, and there's pictures of this, and, and it is not, there's not a lot of room. New York City, if those you don't know, like those... Those streets are not like interstate level wide. They're they're you know in, they're city streets. Like you go downtown Kansas City and look at the width on those. He yeah. comes in and he sticks it with a flawless landing. Yeah, and until until the cops come and you know they they say okay guy you got it you know and they take him to court and he pays a hundred dollar fine. <laughs> the guy who owned the airplane didn't press charges. No, I mean you know. It's, yeah. I think there's a respect among aviators then, you know? Yeah. Well, there, there was a time, I think, with men that you go, listen, I don't like the fact you stole my airplane, but goddamn, son, like what you just did is pretty amazing. Like, God, don't yeah. do it again, Billy. But <laughs> but you just, you think there was a time when there was, and I have that same admiration for that kind of badass, ridiculously poor decision that works out, you know? He didn't hurt anybody. It all played itself out. You know, today, honestly, yeah, he'd be a, they'd call him a terrorist, Right. Right. But then he was a dude who was so crazy. He was drunk. He stole an airplane. He flew it and he landed it back at the bar and he proved that you could do it. By the way, uh, was he in the bar drinking when the cops came? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you like to think he was. You like to think. But, yeah. you know, he may have been hanging out by the plane, you know? I mean, so I bet. And, and 26 years old, he, he gets away with this. And then you think, okay, that's a once in a lifetime moment. Turns out it wasn't. <laughs> nope. Well, people didn't believe him. You know, you got to believe people in this world. And people didn't believe him. And six months later, he's in back of the bar and he's telling the story. And people said, it's not true. And he said, I bet you it is. I'll do it again. <laughs> and he does it again. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's same airport. Same airport. Um, and he lands, you know, two, two blocks, two blocks from where he was before on the campus of Yeshiva University. And when I say campus, it's really very loose because it's simply, you know, Amsterdam Avenue is two blocks away. It's the exact same kind of New York City street, except instead of it being a Manhattan, you know, urban apartment building, he's landing in front of this, you know, crazy university-looking building with, you know, copper domes on top. And... You know, the, the campus happens to be on vacation, and he lands there, and the police come and they arrest him, and the second judge is not quite as amused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the first time you get maybe a nudge and a wink from a, a guy's guy. Second time, they're like, you seem to be forming a pattern here, son. And so, so they, they gave him six months, didn't they? Six months, yeah. Oh, and I, I, I don't know where, but I assume it Rikers. I don't know. I, maybe, yeah. But you know, I mean, didn't stop his his career. He, you know, he became a good union man and paid his union dues. And he was, I guess, twenty. You know, and he 
die, you know, and 50 years later, you know. And, and, he, made and it, he made it to 79, you know, which is a decent run unless you're 78. But it's, yeah. it's it, but I just, it bothers me. And I don't know why. And I think, Larry, you, you because you were the first person we, we, we discovered that, that really knew about this and understood the same way we were feeling. Like, it makes me sad to think this story may be lost to just the wind in history, you know? I, you know, what shocked me in the story was I hadn't heard the story. You know, it should have been it should have been a legend in Washington Heights. You know, there should have been a picture on every bar in Washington Heights. Every, yes. You know, and I mean, it seems to me, you know, back back in the, back in the fifties, there were people in Greenwich Village writing folk songs about you know shipwrecks and submarine wrecks and you know people <laughs> yeah, yeah, on the exactly. Yeah. And there ought to be a song about this guy. There ought to be a song. The guy flew the airplane, stole the airplane, drunk twice, landed on a city street. And you know, should have been the American hero. Well, you're right. You're, you, you, this picture should have been behind every bar because then the guy wanders and he goes, "What's that all about?" And he goes, "Let me tell you about Thomas Fitzgerald." And that that is or Fitzpatrick. Sorry, you got me back on the Gordon Lightfoot with the submarine and the shipwreck thing. <laughs> yeah. that was, it was that was back on the wreck of the Redmond Fitzpatrick then. Exactly. Yeah. So you, uh, but but that's the kind of thing in New York City when in, you know that's one of the things I love about the smaller bars that you'll find in the dives and like and and since you live in the in the city and you know about that you know we lost uh, Jimmy Glenn uh, that ran you know uh, Jimmy's Corner over near Times Square and he was you know a legendary ringman uh, for for every heavyweight boxer in the history of boxing and when you walk into his place it would be a picture of him and Muhammad or him and you know just it was just history you know there's a a, a bell in there. Uh, from Madison Square Garden, you know, you know, legend. And so we lost him in 20, but it's that same thing that you walk in, you just want to get a cocktail and have a little whiskey and a beer, and you start looking at the pictures on the wall, and you cannot help but ask what the story is. Exactly. And that's and to me, that's what makes New York City, one of the things that makes New York City the, the, my favorite city. It's a great place. Yeah, it is. And so this idea that why isn't, I mean, this there's got to be a movie in here. I don't know where you've got to fill in the other parts, but the two pieces and the two ideas of this guy, Thomas Fitzpatrick, in 1956, hammered, steals an airplane, lands it in front of the bar on a bet. A couple years later, just does it again. And this time he ended up doing six months, and he had to blame it on the, uh, on the alcohol. And uh, so the judge gave him a little time to dry out, didn't he? You know, it's, uh, but he lived happily ever after, so you know, the judge wasn't totally wrong. Was he married at the time? I don't think so. Yeah. You know, I don't, I mean, I'm not sure your wife, you know, I don't think his wife would have wanted him out drinking at one o'clock in the morning and stealing airplanes. True. Well, those are different times. Well, she would <laughs> shut her mouth and not say anything about it in those days. Right. Listen, you know, if you're lucky enough to be married to that crazy son of a bitch, you just thank your lucky stars. He's that awesome. <laughs> so, exactly. How, how do we, but how do, you know, like, because I feel like, there's, I don't know that there's a book here because there's not enough people here, Larry, but you're a writer. I mean, there's got to be a Netflix, like a, some, something here, you know? I mean, you know, my, my real regret learning about this story was that he died, you know, very few years ago, you know? I mean, yeah. had I known this, I could have gone and interviewed him and, you know, found out the rest of his life. And, and, and it's, it's hard to believe a guy like this had nothing interesting happened to him in his next 50 years. You know, I mean, right, I think right. there's probably lots of little stories that don't involve interstate theft um, and, and FAA violations that are probably really interesting and really exciting. And we're never going to know them. And, you know, that's just sad.
Yeah, it is. He's got to have family that has other stories of him just being a character. He's a character. There's got to be some way to dig into this because now I see the opening up on the movie. Like it's an old, it's a New York City bar. It's that same neighborhood tavern. There's a picture on the wall. The guy asks about it, and I go, "Don't ask me. Ask him. That's him." Mm -hmm. And he's the guy at the end of the bar drinking a a boiler maker, (laughs) and and he starts, you know, that 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 twinkle in the eye thing where it just goes zoop into the story (laughs) back in 1940 or or 19. uh, The first time was 1956. uh, Yeah, I mean, it's it's just such an interesting thing. Anyway, I, I. Whatever it struck me, and uh, I've really been fascinated with this for the last 24, 36 hours reading about it online and just trying to dig through anything I could find. I know that feeling. Yeah, it's it's uh, I just appreciate you. Hey, listen, uh, who are you writing for these days? You freelancing or you writing for somebody? No, so I'm basically doing steady writing for the um, Jewish Standard, New Jersey Jewish Standard, and you know, we write about local things, and you know, it's new. Northern New Jersey is kind of funny because it's like a different state, sure. but effectively we're a suburb of New York. We're really the sixth borough, right? You know, so. Well, dude, it, trust me, it's my favorite city. I have so many friends on the island, and I, and I get up there a couple times a year, and I, it's I love living here where I do. But to vacation and go spend a little bit of time and just feel that energy, it's uh, it's always always a great time, always. Yeah. Yeah, listen, you take care of yourself and keep the story going, man. And and, and uh, I'm telling you, man, you you find a way. You should dig into this and you should write it. You should, you should do a screenplay. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering about about his about his surviving relative, you know? He may he might, be, might be worth a phone call. Hey, yeah. look, I'll dig in and do some Google searching. That's the, kind of the cool thing about the world now with the Internet is, uh, you know, you, you, you stumble across things. If we find anything at all, I'll definitely forward it to you. Great. All right, my friend. Hey, good to meet you. Good meeting you. Thank you, Larry. What a good dude. I love that story. Can't stop here. See, I, I, I just want that guy to write the screenplay now. Oh, of course. Like he's got to have grandkids, great kids. There got to be people, cousins that the stories have been passed on, even if they didn't meet him one on one. Even if it wasn't direct descendant, it was somebody that knew the bar, somebody kid that was there, Absolutely. somebody in the because there's photographs. A so fly on the wall, whoever that may be. There's more, you know, just this one photograph. There's there's 30 people there, and. Uh, the uh, old truck, uh, old truck rental. That's for taking the airplane away. They took it off. You got, you can see the cops. You can see the one dude's just super frustrated. He's the traffic cop. <laughs> He's all kinds of pissed off. And it's just, and you know, these are one, two, three, four, five, yeah, six-story buildings all around it. Yeah, there has to be even news archives from 18 Dickety Two for the paper, even <laughs> reporting yes. that nonsense happening, not once but yeah. twice. Uh, look it up for yourselves. Thomas Fitzpatrick, 1956. The flights of Thomas Fitzpatrick. I, I love business like that. I can't tell you why. I just do, man, so much. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.